Hey, Shipper City. Thanks for listening. Before we jump into the episode, do me a favor and consider tapping that support this podcast link in your favorite podcast player. Every little bit helps us stay on the air and keeps us creating the content that you love. Be sure to follow along on social. We are on Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at iShipItPod. You can head over to the website, iShipItPod.com, to sign up for email updates when new episodes are released. And you can send us emails at iShipItPod at gmail.com. And remember to rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening to and tell your friends that you ship it. So take a second, do all of that while you enjoy a word from our sponsors. Thor ate a lot of Pop-Tarts in these fanfics. It is a hot garbage fire. Do you not know what sex pollen is? I mean, phantom seed. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't care. I ship it. There, geek girls, geek boys, and geeks beyond the binary. This is Emily J with the I Ship It podcast, your safe space on the internet for fan fiction, fandom, and all that stuff you've been pretending you're not reading on your phones. Hi, friends! Two episodes in two days. It's crazy here in Shipper City. It's so productive. We don't even know what's going on. Guess what, though? Our friend Mia is back for what will promise to be a bodily fluid-filled conversation. <laughs> You brought it up. Whether we mean it or no. (laughs) Yes. Well, that would be a first (laughs) of me bringing it up. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So whether we mean to or not, I feel like that might happen. If we get to the end and we haven't yet, good for us. We've grown as people. We've matured. We might be productive, but we're still a party. We're We're still a a party town. It's a working yeah. lunch. Um, yeah, it's it's a party town. Um, Mia, hello, my love. How are you? I've missed you. I am living and surviving and ready to thrive. And yeah, how are you, my dear? I'm fine. Mia is upright and early on a Sunday <laughs> morning for me, since we are no longer on the same coast. This is the first episode we've we've done. No, with an entire nation between us. You're um, in the future. <laughs> I am in the future, and I hate to tell you, it's kind of dark. <laughs> it looks like it might rain. So, oh, um, <laughs> sorry, I would love to tell you everything's going to be bright, shiny, and beautiful, <laughs> but I, I can't lie to you. You're my friend. I can't do that. Um, but you're in the past. So how is how is the yes. past? I have actually been time traveling quite a bit recently. Um, you have. You've been all yeah. over the place. <laughs> So we were in the same state even for a couple of days mm-hmm. while I was doing that was exciting. Um, yeah, in-law wedding stuff. One of my mm-hmm. distant mm-hmm. in-laws got married and that was really fun. You were in the yuppie part of my state though, not in the Oh yeah. I was in, in the Long Island. part where I am. You were in Long Island. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The Hamptons. She went to the Hamptons <laughs> for a wedding. No, there was Bloody this fucking moment. I was walking up the stairs somewhere and there was a server walking down the stairs and she looks at me and she goes, oh my gosh, I love your shoes. And the first thing that comes out of my mouth, because I bought them because I'm teaching and need to be able to walk around in nice shoes. I'm like, oh yeah, thanks. Like I'm a teacher and I wanted something kind of comfortable, but something kind of cute. She goes, I'm a teacher too. And I just was like, I'm, I'm you, but at a different occasion. (laughs) like yes it's okay we're both poor we're both (laughs) you're like no i don't belong here either i'm so sorry that you're here i'm so sorry i don't tell anyone that i snuck in i am also a poor just like you yes 
that was a fun moment but it was super cool we got the bougiest possible uh wedding favors were nice. shells with our names printed on them and then at the end of the night pashminas were handed out because it was so cold you had to of course throw a little pashmina were. around so of they were. <laughs> it was like going into the twilight zone oh, jesus days, yeah but... how the other half lives <laughs> yeah so did that and then um we finally got around to our honeymoon in yeah Ireland. you went to see some cats yeah, and other stuff. I guess in Ireland. I guess I guess Ireland has other stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that was definitely a highlight. That was our favorite city, and I actually had a dream about one of the guys that we met in that bar last night. A I sex was like, Marky, what's up? No, no. <laughs> he was just there. He's just there. It'd be funny if it was a sex dream, but it was not about him. Like it was like about your husband and he was just there. <laughs> in popcorn. <laughs> just eating popcorn. Just enjoy the show, you know, whatever. <clears throat> well, that's fun. That was cool. You had a good time. I can tell you I had a great time. The one of the things that has stuck out to me even now is that every like male person ages 15 to 23 has the same haircut in Ireland. Like, almost without fail <laughs> almost without fail it's a one on the sides and a four on top and they think they have a really good fade in the back and it's really not they because don't. they can't see it <laughs> so right, well my one any... listener in ireland <laughs> yes if there are any irish shippers in shipper city like tell every young man that you know to get a haircut every young man to, it's not working. just to fade it better just to you know just to fade better. Don't you don't have to <laughs> scrap it and start over, but just just work on the back a little bit. That's funny. Yeah. That's weird. That's a weird national phenomenon. Do you think they planned it? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think. I don't know. I think that. <laughs> I mean, because when I moved to Portland, every man had the same haircut. Like my brother yeah. was like, Hey, can I get the Portland mail please? And they were like, Yes, of course. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it was the Richard Spencer kinda kinda buzzed on the side and then a little bit swoopy on top. Um yeah. so it, maybe it's just that. Maybe there's like a special board at every barber shop in Ireland. And they're like, it Give me the number be, four, I please. <laughs> I'll take the Irish lad special. <laughs> Same as last week. Um, well, that's good. I'm glad that you're back. I mean, I'm glad that you had a good time, but I'm also glad that you're back because I was worried I you were going to spend there forever and I would never I see mean, you again. I've thought about it, but my cats are here. My family's here. It's true. You know. yeah. My beloved yeah. mother's here. So, oh, yeah, mama. Uh -huh. Oh, man. All right. Well, before we get into our topic, there is, you know, current events to discuss <laughs> <laughs> let's discuss the lighter ones let's talk about um well neither of us have seen the movie but some of you guys might thor love and thunder yes i i have not see, seen it <laughs> um, but thanks to the internet i know what happens um and and yeah. you know what happens more because of the comics right because you read the comic already I read the comics. Um, I read the whole Jane run, which I thought mm -hmm. was really well done. Um, I am sad because even in the Jane run, it was kind of like death, you know, people can die and it doesn't matter at the end of the day. You go to Valhalla, but you could also choose not to go to Valhalla. 
if you want. Right, right. <laughs> so that was interesting. <laughs> um, I don't think we have the you can choose not to go to Valhalla in the movie, but there yeah. is Valhalla present. Okay. Um, um, yeah, I so mean, I guess what have you what have you heard that stands out to you? Like, what's well? Spoiler alert: If you don't want to know, yes. please skip ahead. Like three minutes, four minutes. I don't know. You know what? Make it hard to tell with us. <laughs> Make it ten, just to be safe. Um, <laughs> see in ten minutes. Um, well, I've heard that there's a brief Darcy cameo. Yes, um, I've Hot heard Cheetos, that. I've heard. Oh. Is Darcy a flaming hot Cheetos kind of girl? I feel like I feel like she has to be. Maybe flaming hot Cheetos and cream cheese because I remember those girls. And I feel somebody, like somebody. I got really mad because somebody. Sorry, if you're skipping, you're gonna have to skip ahead another five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I got really mad because somebody sent me a meme that was like. Flaming Hot Cheetos Girls starter pack. And it was like tight black jeans, a like boyfriend's borrowed hoodie that's way too big, mm-hmm. like a huge gray hoodie, um, like dollar store black hair dye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the Flaming Hot Cheetos. And I was like so mad because I was like, why is this so <laughs> accurate? <laughs> why i'm so furious about this because people act like it's a new phenomenon i'm like no 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 i graduated high school in 2005 and we had flaming hot cheetos girls then all right we didn't even have flaming hot cheetos yet (laughs) when i was in elementary school like 2002 (laughs) same Mm -hmm. thing there were definitely i remember yeah my best friend had the hot cheetos and yeah cheese okay now i am the flaming hot limon (laughs) kind of gal oh fancy if it's limon <laughs> um i remember when the oscar isaac pictures came out when he was eating hot cheetos with chopsticks mm-hmm. and i when i used to work at the preschool i would eat hot cheetos with the like food preparing gloves mm-hmm. get that shit on my hands no have to lick it, it off in front of all the children right or wash your hands and waste it no good yeah no good. who do you think no. i am <laughs> What am I, the queen? Come on. <laughs> we don't do that here. <laughs> um, okay, so so Darcy's a flaming hot Cheetos girl, which is going to yep. take some getting used to. Um, and then I know that Jane dies. Um, yep. Womp womp. That uh, Thor becomes a dilf. Yeah, he adopts. At the end. I think he adopts, he adopts the, Christian Bale's daughter. I I saw a like a letterbox review or something that was like I don't the know Matt what Child. Christian Bale what Christian Bale was doing in this movie but it was nothing like what anybody else was doing in this movie. <laughs> it's kind of like when you rewatch Spider-Man the uh, like mm-hmm. Toby Spider-Man mm-hmm. and you look at like Willem Dafoe who's on everybody else is at maybe a seven of their acting and their chops and their emphasis and enthusiasm. Willem Dafoe's at an 18,000 oh, just he's ready so, to go. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's that fucking like, he's like, I'm going to bring your sociopathy to work today. And that's like yes. how he shows up every day. So like <laughs> Christian Bale was in a different movie. Um, yes. And, and I think, I mean, this is what ties into our our uh, 
our topic of the day is that there is a <laughs> gay sex scene. <laughs> yes, that's what I heard. I mean, I don't know if that's before or after Korg is only ahead, which would complicate <laughs> things, I feel like. Because I think there is a point at which Korg is only ahead. And it is with him, right? That he's... I I think so. I mean, the... <laughs> he's a participant in the sex, I think, is what he's I a, heard. He, I, I think so. I think it's... Yeah, there's... I've seen screenshots. I don't think it's when he's just ahead. Um, okay. I mean, I haven't seen, like... I haven't seen the scene. I haven't seen the fucking movie. But I've seen right. a close-up of his face, and then there's, like... It's like a rack focus type deal. Yeah. I don't know what's, uh, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what the context is. I don't know why this is, I mean, I don't think Azex needs to be relevant to the plot, but I just want to know what the fuck's going on. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't want to be one of those people who's like, is this really relevant to the plot? Do we need this? No, we never need it. But yes, we always need it. But like, so it doesn't fucking matter. I don't give a shit. You can shoehorn gay sex in wherever you want. I just want to know what the context is. Yeah. I want to know how often now when I read rock hard in smud, (laughs) that that's just going to be... Well, for me, it's going to be because a lot of people write a lot of people write rock hard. I think I've written rock they hard do. a couple times. I, and I'm then... certain I have. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's a good metaphor. It is. And now, and now, it's it's a, literal. It's a literal metaphor. So I don't know if there's an English word for that. You're the you're the professor, but um, when a metaphor becomes life. <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to look into my archives. I don't know yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't give anybody specifics when you're asking around on campus about it, but just like ask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I have it. I don't know. I, I hate to say it, but I don't think the reviews are very good on Thor Love and Thunder. I haven't heard a lot yeah. of praise. <laughs> what I've heard is that it takes a little bit too much time trying to be funny and Mm -hmm. kind of loses some of the action takes a little bit. Sounds like Taika needs to be reined in just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that too. I've heard that it sets up a lot of stuff and it doesn't follow through. Like, yeah. um, One of the podcasts that I listen to that talks about movies and things like that says that it would be a lot better if it were a Christian Bale story. Mm-hmm. Like how Infinity War was a Thanos story. Right. And yeah. my ass is a little bit more like this is a Jane Foster story. So see, I kind of was hoping I, that yeah. too. They were like, cause one of the reviews that I'd read was like, Jane should have been like this. This really shouldn't have been a Chris Hemsworth movie. This should have been a Natalie yeah. Portman movie. <laughs> Like yeah. this should have been the like it it would have been better if it had been like a passing of the torch of like now she's right now she's Thor and to be the yeah mm-hmm. to be the like nerd nerd geek boy on main like that's how it was in the comics and that's something that I really appreciated and I thought you know Thor doesn't come in Hemsworth Thor doesn't come in for a couple of chapters at least mm-hmm. it's mostly Jane's story so yeah yeah that yeah. was I was really hoping that they were gonna lean into that more and make that 
more of the thing, but um, you know, nobody ever asks me. So <laughs> still here. Feige hasn't caught on yet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Kevin. Still here. Uh, it's me again. <laughs> Kevo. Big K. <laughs> hey, Kev. <laughs> hey, special K. <laughs> it's your girl. Um, noticed you've never returned any of my calls or emails. Still here waiting to make all of your stories better um, with me and my fanfic friends. You remember, okay, okay, <laughs> we're going to get into the body, bodily fluids because you remember, Big K, what our threat was. <laughs> what was our threat? If he fucks with Sarah Wilson, is that? Yeah, it, it was, if, if he, he brings Sarah, pain upon the house yeah. of Wilson, yeah, if he hurts Sarah Wilson, <laughs> you're going to take a shit on his desk. <laughs> <laughs> so. So. The offer still stands, threat, Big K. I was going to say, the offer and threat still stands. Um, I've heard <laughs> some things that don't make me very happy about the upcoming Captain America movie. So, um, yeah, no, I've just heard uh, Malcolm, his last name is escaping X. me now, but he wrote, hmm? Malcolm X? I, nope. That's the only it's definitely not the Malcolm X. I was going to say, <laughs> Malcolm X did not write. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, last I checked. <laughs> to his detriment. <laughs> he does the only Malcolms get... that I really know are Malcolm X, Malcolm in the Middle, I think. And that's it. Over two here, so. <laughs> you're, you're tapped. It was neither of those. Um, all right, let me. <laughs> Malcolm, writer. Oh. <laughs> Good winter soldier. Emily giggles. Malcolm Spellman. Malcolm Spellman, his name is. Um, obviously, I just call all these people by their first names because we're best friends. Um, <laughs> you know. He has said some things do. that don't make me very happy. Something along the lines of like for Cap 4, you know, Sam's going to have some trouble because, you know, he really he's going to go through some stuff and he really needs to earn that mantle of Captain America. And I was like, as if he hasn't already. Um, excuse you, sir. <clears throat> uh, do you not recall your own goddamn show? Yeah. Where he already did that. And like he didn't need to earn shit. OK, Steve yeah. gave him that fucking shield and it was the only good part of Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> and he earned Truly. it by being Sam fucking Wilson. Like, there's no need to continue to hurt my friends and abuse them and cause them pain. But I swear to God. My personal friends. Yes. My personal friends, Sam Wilson um, and his beautiful sister, Sarah, and, and her abused, battered boyfriend, Bucky Barnes. Like, they do not need to be hurt anymore. They're good. Thanks. Yes. Just give them a wacky hijinks bad guy to fight and then a safe and happy ending. <laughs> That's how you we know, want. You know, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of women dying in the MCU lately and mm. I, for one, don't care for it. I don't fan. care for it either. Um, <clears throat> not even a little bit do I care for it. Should, <laughs> we're not coming even close, remotely close to our topic, um, but <laughs> real quick, may we detour uh, I see our exit up ahead. I'm going to skip it. I'm going to catch the next one. Um, may <laughs> we take a quick detour and talk about Doctor Strange? Oh, boy. Yes. I texted you the moment you I left the theater. I did. Think. 
you did. You texted me and you were like, hi, I'm furious. And I was like, oh, <laughs> hi, how are you? And you were like, yeah, this latest fucking character assassination of Wanda Maximoff. I'm not here for it. And I was like, oh, no. I what? think I was not only furious, but just incredulous that <laughs> this is the direction. Like this Sam is... Raimi watched WandaVision and was like, perfect. I know exactly what to do. And it's okay. make Wanda just positively unhinged. Unfucking hinged. And okay, so did you I don't know if you saw my my rewriting of the movie on Tumblr, you know, because nobody asked for that. Um I was so upset. Like, it's actually been rare that I've immediately disliked a Marvel movie. Like, usually I, I like, it's like popcorn. Like, I, I'm like, yeah, that's fine, whatever. It's good, you know. All right. And then I think about it later. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I actually Somebody don't Somebody poison I, the water hole. Somebody poison the water hole. So it was like halfway through. Actually, I knew about... <laughs> 20 minutes into Eternals, I was like, if this is the pace, I think I hate this movie. Um, <laughs> I, I was proven correct uh, the whole time. But um, it was about halfway through and I was like, if they don't do something about this, I'm going to be really angry. Like, if this is just going to keep <laughs> going this way, like, I'm going to be very upset. And we finished it and I looked at Darren and I was like, wow, I hated that. <laughs> he was like... Well, when she starts to become the eldritch horror and she starts, like, actively <laughs> killing people who we assume are innocent people, by that point, I'm like, yeah, they're killing her off at the end because there's no... They won't They're bring killing her, back her from off that. or they're imprisoning her because that's not a redeemable... They won't bring her story back ...story arc. Yeah. And... So. And I mean, the fact that, like, she brought that mountain down on herself. Oh, hi. Spoiler alert again. Keep skipping. Uh Um, That she brought, like, that mountain down on herself. It's on Disney Plus now. You guys can catch it. That's fine. Yeah, whatever. It's been out for long enough. Um, It's, I was like, okay, just because we didn't see her dead body, I, either she's. I know. This is the thing. I was like, either she's going to be dead or she's going to come back worse. Like. Yeah. That's the thing. I really need. No, I really need death to mean something in the MCU again because, like, yeah, I. Well, I was Disney is showing, you know, so upset because I was like, wait a minute. Well, and then somebody said that the because Sam Raimi didn't write it, but whoever wrote it admitted to not having watched Wandavision. Oh God! Okay. That- I was like, okay, I'm sorry. Why I mean, is that okay? Why is that okay? <laughs> I feel like maybe that would make me more qualified to write. Just be just watching it. Just, just watching WandaVision would qualify somebody more adequately to write and the movie in which she next appears. Probably. Like, I... Because I, I had heard that she was going to be, like, the bad guy, you know, in right. in Multiverse Madness. And I was like, you know what? I can see that. Yeah. I can see. Because she, and in the comics, she is a villain for a while. And then she's, you know, yeah. redeemed again. Um, but I was so mad at how they did it 
because it was like immediate. I was yes. like, why? Because what I wanted and what I when I rewrote the movie on Tumblr was like a slow seduction yes. of you know the darkness that she still has inside of her like she's you know working with steven to like because she at the end of wandavision she wanted to atone like she felt guilty yeah. for what she did she said she was sorry yeah she said she was sorry um you know she specifically apologized to monica who got hurt and said like you know i didn't i'm gonna be able i'm sorry i can't control this i'm going to though i'm gonna get better i'm gonna do better like she felt right. bad yeah. and and so like i could see i was like well it would make sense if like he came to her and was like hey like that joke about like it'll get you back on the lunchbox kind of thing like yeah. i thought that was cute and if it had kept going if she was like yeah sure okay i'll help you and they were like working together to find you know to to protect America, who is blameless in all of this. Yes. <laughs> the sweetest little baby. I loved her so America much. America Chavez is a delight. Yeah. She and is a she delight. She deserves the world. She was so good. I love, she was my favorite part. Um, except the Bruce Campbell. Uh, of course. <laughs> cameo, of course. Which, Sam Raimi. You gotta have a zombie in yeah. there and you gotta have Bruce Campbell. Um, yes. But, so, uh, so like if she'd been like helping him and then they'd been like protecting America together and then America just right. like blurts something out about like, you know, I, I don't can go to different universes. I don't dream because like, obviously, you know, Wanda would know she could go to different universes, but like she says something along the lines of like, I don't yeah. dream. So there's no, I know there's no other ones of me anywhere. And that's like, gets Wanda thinking like, wait, 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 are you saying that those are real? Like if I dream about, right something it's actually happening in another universe and yes. you know america's like yeah that's that's how it works whatever it works. and then like yeah. that like gets wanda's brain thinking like well i'm gonna get her to take me to another universe so i can yeah. see my boys again and then it's like she needs darker magic to access that thing and then she gets you know further yeah. and further down this rabbit hole and then like before you know it she's like about to kill america chavez to get her powers and right and that would have made more sense would have made her Girl, fucking. If there are infinite alternate universes, and there's one where you're dead, Vision's not, the boys are around, and you can just swoop back in there. Just slide right in. No Gravy. big deal. NBD. <laughs> I do have NBD. to commend um, Danny Elfman, uh, the mm -hmm. scoring on this, I just thought it was spectacular. 90% oh, because yeah. I'm a tiny nerd girl. Um, when. They introduce, of course, Professor Xavier, and it does the 90s oh, theme. Yeah. Mm -hmm. na, 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 na. I lost <laughs> my shit. And I was one of maybe five people in the theater because I like to go mm -hmm. during like the bargain days matinee. Oh, yeah, when nobody's there. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm like shaking in my seat and cheering and shit. So Danny Elfman, um, other always a delight. Other good thing was uh, John Krasinski as Reed Richards. I would watch. Please reboot Fantastic the Four most for the millionth time. Of all Reed Richards. <laughs> of all Reed Richards, he was the best one I've seen, and like he looked fucking great. Like even when he was yeah. being unspooled, <laughs> he looked great. Um, I was like, oh. I would watch. I would watch a Fantastic Four with him. <laughs> Um, I don't know if like this is going to, I mean, 
nobody pays attention to me anyway, but if I'm going to get canceled <laughs> for being misogynistic here, um, watching <laughs> Captain Carter get bisected is one of my favorite <laughs> things that I have seen. Four seconds after Steve's line came out of her filthy whore mouth. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was great. <sighs> oh, like, man. That's right. <laughs> bitch, you can't do this all day. <laughs> That was pretty great, was like, actually. That was. Those, I mean, the <laughs> violence in the movie. I am amazed that Sam Raimi somehow managed to keep this at a PG thirteen, with like yeah. Wanda coming out of the mirror, like ring style, oh, bones fucking crazy. And shit. Yeah, like she's like twisted around like a wrung out rag. <laughs> oh so, man, I do have so. to commend Sam Raimi for getting away with that level of violence. It was dark as shit, but like it, it was, was also very disappointing. Um, yeah. And it was unnecessary to do that to my sweet baby yeah. Wanda. Um, yes. But I did love, I saw a behind the scenes thing with Bruce Campbell where mm-hmm. he told Sam, he was like, I told Sam, I said, you, you're you dealing with real actors now. You can't, you got to be a real director. You can't just, <laughs> you know, wave your hands around and expect me yeah. to do all the work. He's like, I'm only here for one, you know, one day or whatever. And uh, he said, he's like, every time. He said, I don't I don't like to make eye contact with the real actors. He said, anytime I was in a scene with Benedict, <laughs> if he'd if he'd miss a if he'd miss a line, I'd take the blame. I'd be like, that was me, Ben. That was me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oscar nominated Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> yeah, like, I would I would take the blame for that one. I was like, no, 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 it wasn't you, sir. It was me. It was me. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> Bruce Campbell. I love I love him. He had such Just a wholesome man. He is a wholesome man and I love I love his career honestly because he had everything yeah. like everything about him is like leading man material and he was like nope I'm going to make <laughs> kitschy fucking campy yes ultra violent weird zombie horror movies that's yes. going to be my mark on the entertainment industry <laughs> and I love him for that Yeah love him for that Um the last thing that I need to kind of just vent about speaking Old of business uh, before we get into new last, business <laughs> last multiverse of madness uh grievance that i have oh, to yes, air yes, is yes. Mm-hmm. how fucking dirty they did uh maria rambo as <gasps> captain marvel i know oh so it's like okay brie larson as captain marvel can go toe-to-toe with thanos and not bat an eye and yeah. then they do lashana lynch dirty this way like that's like don't listen, care for not that. only is she Captain Marvel and you should have done her better, but she's fucking 007 also. So like don't yes. fucking start with me that she can't handle her shit. Like Wanda, I get Scarlet Witch, Chaos Magic, blah blah blah, but they never said she was like the most powerful force in the whole fucking universe. Like right. sure, she unspooled Reed Richards like a piece of yarn and she cut Captain Carter now. Um, with her own shield but i mean i really feel like a couple of like light blasts from captain marvel's palms could have been enough yeah like because they i mean they always said that wanda was the strongest avenger they never said she was the strongest being like that was that's captain marvel she's she stronger than uh, Steven, which was canonical, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that she's, like, stronger than the Sorcerer Supreme. But, yeah, I mean... Right. But, like... If you're going to do her Captain that... Captain Marvel... Yeah. 
punched Almost a hole through a spaceship. She went through yeah. a spaceship and she didn't even mess up her fucking hair. Yeah. And then she punched Thanos in the face a bunch of times. Yeah. So if we're going to do Lashana Lynch dirty, like, let's just not do that. Then let's just maybe, not have maybe Captain Marvel not... if we're going to do her so dirty. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I also felt like that point, though, where they started bringing in the Illuminati. Is that what they're yeah. called? Yeah. yeah. Where they started bringing all of them in. I was just like, listen, this is getting a little civil war up in here. And yeah. there's too much going on. Like, there's there's yeah. too much shit going on. You, you're, you have a fucking mess on your hands. Like, this is... <laughs> This is weird. And also, like, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't like it. <laughs> I don't know, Kevin. I didn't like it. <laughs> there were Kevin definitely a lot again. of things that I enjoyed about it, but it's like, this is, I will look at this as a Sam Raimi movie and not as a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, and I will enjoy it more if I look at it that way. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And, and yeah, it was it was very much a Sam Raimi movie, which is um i don't know it's like it's one of those things where they always say like well the most important thing is not continuity except that it's it money is. anyway it's the most important thing is money of course everybody Truly. knows that but they say this bullshit where they're like the most important thing isn't necessarily story continuity um it's that every director feels like they can make their own unique mark on the universe and like I because don't normally feel like anybody does that. I'm like, really? Because yeah. I mean, like, I feel like maybe Taika was the f- like one of the first ones that I could be like, oh yeah, this is definitely a somebody else directing. Like, this is a new director doing something right. new, like making it a yeah. uh, their movie. So like that, and like this one is definitely a Sam Raimi movie. But everything else is really not. Yeah. And yeah, so. I mean, so. in fairness, I'm going to go add James Gunn to the list for the Guardians movies. Yes, yes. James, James Gunn, Gunn also. Yes, agreed. I respect. And actually, yeah. first, he was the first one because he was the first one to make space fun again. Fun and yeah. colorful. Um, make space really, fun again. I really don't. It's my campaign slogan. Um, <laughs> put it on a hat sorry. for you. Please, please make it purple. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really kind of feel like we wouldn't have had Ragnarok look the way that it did if we didn't have Guardians of the Galaxy first. Yeah. Because that was so that was so different from everything that they yeah. had so far. Yeah. Um, Let's have a fun you know, soundtrack <laughs> with different artists other than ACDC, right? Iron Man. <laughs> That's it. It's the only one. Uh, are you even a Marvel fan if you don't hate it? No. Yes. <laughs> I agree with you asking the question. I agree with. <laughs> no, agree. be critical of shit that you like. Be critical of shit that you like. Um, mm-hmm. But don't, obviously, if if somebody else was on this podcast, somebody else was on this podcast and they're like, I really like everything that Marvel's done in the last 15 years. Be like, well, I'm happy for you. I'm not going to tell yes. you you're wrong. I'm not yeah. going to try and convince you of like and ruin something that you love. Don't yuck yeah. somebody's yum. But um, here in Shepherd it is City, okay <laughs> to be critical of things that you like, and it's okay to be critical and to hold <clears throat> billion dollar corporations accountable for the stories that they have manhandled and underpaid 
writers and creators for for the last 25 years. Let's remember that. There are actual storytellers that are not getting their fucking due who created these characters who are getting shit on by bajillionaires at the top. So it's actually okay to say you guys are fucking up and you can do better. Yeah. Why give us an internet if we can't complain on it? So. the internet's for at the end of the day right why would they continue to allow us to have access to the internet if they didn't want to hear our unhinged fucking bullshit unhinged unsolicited unhinged unsolicited jaw opening horse shit that we come up with all the fucking time would god have given me this podcast if he didn't want to hear my bizarre bullshit takes on every piece of media no I don't remember the movie, but there's a wonderful Dolly line where she's like, why did God make plastic surgeons if he wanted them to starve? (laughs) Oh, Dolly. (laughs) Queen of the home of sexuals. Oh, now let's get into it. On that note. 36 um, minutes in. That's a new record for us. Usually we're hitting the 45 minute mark before we get to anything (laughs) And we haven't even shit on Chris Evans yet. Um, No, that's not for this one. That's for later. That's another podcast. We don't have time for it today. We dedicate today to the home of sexuals. (laughs) To the home of sexuals. And where, if you ask, do you ask, is the home of sexuals? Well, this week, the home of sexuals is Hawkins, Indiana, home of the fighting sexuals. Um, <laughs> we are talking about Stranger Things specifically. Now, you guys at, listening at home by the end of the summer are going to get sick of me talking about Stranger Things because it's eaten away my brain and it just enveloped my whole life with this most recent season. Um. Again, if you haven't seen season four yet, volume four, whatever the hell they're calling it, um, all the way through, through the end of volume two, please, you've already downloaded and listened this far. Possibly you've skipped most of it because you obviously haven't seen the other stuff that we talked about. (laughs) Keep the download. Thanks for the credit. Go watch that shit and then come back. I don't want to ruin anything for anybody. But that being said, let's talk specifically about the gays. Yes. I will give one brief, quick moment of credit to the best straight presenting couple that there is on the show that does not get enough love, um, which is Lucas and Max. Obviously, (gasps) Max deserves the world, and I am tired of everything that has been happening to her. Yes. I mean, okay, so real quick before we get into the into the the homosexuals. um, Yeah, the the Lucas and Max sort of progression of like they were kind of like just like this like meh whatever couple yeah. in the background like they were like sort of almost comic relief yeah. she was there Cute. to build tension between the party because she was the the girl and she was the interloper in season two whatever but that going from that to like them being the main straight couple the main straight ship of season four and the fucking heartbreak <laughs> and misery i am angry about everything that happened to her <laughs> this season 
I mean, oh my God. Okay, so yeah, so with Max, from from the first scene that she's in, I was like, something is wrong with her. Yeah. This is not okay. This is not good. Yeah. What what did they do to my? What did they do to? My, <laughs> look how they massacred my girl. <laughs> I was like, what did they do to her? Um, no, they gave her some very realistic PTSD. Um, yeah, and and I'm not saying that they haven't been realistic about everybody else's PTSD, but like they the really always focus on Will. Just yeah. yeah. And they, they always, in the past, they focused on Will and Joyce having PTSD. But, like, also Will's shit was more upside-down fuckery. So it wasn't, like, right. just normal run of the mill. can't really talk to a lot of people about it. Like, yeah. the guidance counselor, whereas Max, you know, tangibly and lost this is, a stepbrother that she can talk about. And this is the first time a big giant thing happened where the whole town acknowledged it. So like, yes, because I, for, I had forgotten that they said like that Starcourt burned down and a bunch of people died like in the mall. Yeah. Like it was an accident yeah. and not the explosion of a secret. Got morphed into a giant face. monster. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, you know, that all these people who died throughout the course of the season three were all at the mall basically. And they all died in this fire. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's it's a different thing where she gets to, she, they have like space for people to talk about the stuff and like everybody's not doing okay because yeah. everybody kind of knew somebody who was lost. Anyway, they don't get enough credit as being an adorable, wonderful ship. And their little hand. Good, yeah. Handwritten conversation where she draws a little I picture know. of them at the movies. Yeah, if you make a date in Stranger Things, somebody's dying. A sweet baby bean. A sweet baby Mm -hmm. bean. Max definitely is a great artist. Definitely not. (laughs) But it's very sweet. Her little stick figures. Uh I mean, she's no Will Byers, but. I I actually really loved that part where she was trying to color what she saw in in the upside down. And they were like, Jesus, we need Will. <laughs> She's like, I know, okay? I know it's not good. Because <laughs> they're, like, they're like all the moving, all the like, what is this? And she's like, I don't know. It's what I saw, okay? <laughs> He's like, is this a window or like a dog? And she was like, oh my God. <laughs> Jesus, we need Will. <laughs> All right, but speaking of Will, Will Byers, the homiest of homosexuals, the homiest home is where the sexual is. is. Um, yes. With Will Byers, he, oh my God, okay, he deserves the world. This child does. He's not getting it from the Suffer Brothers. No. I tell you that much. He's not getting yeah. anything good. <laughs> like it's, it's really sad. It's like. Has the boy not suffered enough? All I wanted for season three, and I need to set the bar higher because I keep putting these things into, you know, into the existence, speaking these things in the universe, and sometimes they come true. Because I was like, all I want for season three is for Joyce Byers to have a nice day and for her house to not be destroyed. 
And like she had a nice day in the first episode yeah. and her house was remained intact for the whole season because they went other places. Right. Um, and then I forgot to wish something for season four. So nobody had a nice day ever. <laughs> and Joyce's house was destroyed yet again. <laughs> yet again. Yes. <laughs> Not only the Hawkins house, but the California house. The California house, yeah, was just leveled. These houses are um, getting destroyed and, you know, across state lines. Just, just madness. Joyce is uninsurable at this point. Like, Joyce Byers <laughs> tries to get homeowners insurance. They're like, ma'am, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, we just can't take the risk. Until your children have moved out of the house, we can't insure you. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, but okay, so so all I wanted for this season was for Will Byers to have a nice day, and I didn't get that <laughs> at all. Um, I didn't get it at all. But we are no. talking about no, gay representation. I can't think of one. <laughs> no, the whole the whole se- whole season. Frankly, the whole series has Will Byers ever had a nice day? Has he known a moment's peace? <laughs> <laughs> um, he's gotten a couple of nice hugs. I think that's the best. Yeah, that he's, he's gotten had. some nice hugs. Um, he's. I mean, I guess the most he had piece a nice... that he's had was his like mannequin self being dead. It's the, <laughs> the most piece, most piece that he's was when they buried a rubber dummy of yeah. him. <laughs> um. <clears throat> So, okay, so what we wanted to talk about specifically was the the depiction of homosexuality in yes, Stranger Things. And the way you actually phrased this to me when you said it was like how they're doing a good job with it. Yeah. Do you still feel this way? I think so, because I think the main kind of concern that a lot of people have is that like the Will storyline is queer baiting is what people are saying. I, and I think that really too, and I feel that that's the case. No, I I very much disagree that it's queer baiting. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's very obvious that he's gay. I think yes. that people who want some kind of like easy, positive, this is yeah. this is not a huge, you know emotional conflict that he's suffering with like people who just want him yeah. to like him and Mike to just like be in love. I mean, I I just think I think a lot of people aren't remembering or maybe don't know. I don't know what the history books yeah. are teaching these days. The youth but the youth is woefully underprepared is, to deal with what happened in the 80s surrounding gay people. I was going to say, I mean, the the AIDS crisis, this is 1986, kids. Yeah, this is 1986. The AIDS crisis is very much just ramping up. Frankly, yeah, it's not at its peak. It's not been acknowledged yet by the government. Um, people are dying by the hundreds of thousands daily. Yeah, um, it's everybody calls it the gay disease. Uh, mm-hmm. You could get fired for being gay. You could be run out of town. Completely socially ostracized. Your whole yeah. family, more likely than wouldn't, would want ostracize you, you, would yeah. want nothing to do with you. I mean, it was not cool to be gay yeah. in the 80s. Like, I hate yeah. to break it to you, but it wasn't even cool to be gay in the 90s or yeah. up until the I mean, early 2000s. The early 2000s. Like, yeah. You know, really, I know until that- pretty much the 
gay marriage was legalized and that was like 2015 that was 2015 like i know that there Um, are gay youths out there who think that we don't need pride anymore but like you'd have no idea how good you have it like yeah i mean i have lost friends to suicide who were gay who couldn't deal with it who didn't feel safe coming out like when i was in high school that was and that is not a single person that is multiple people that i know like that and that's not rare (laughs) i mean it's it makes it would make no sense it would be so period atypical for will even though he has a very supportive mother and brother who love him forever it would be so i think it would be so weird if they were like if he just came out yeah and everybody was cool with it yeah um i'm going to add a little bit of recommended reading that's not fic this week um yes so i picked up this book it's called all the young men by ruth coker Mm -hmm. burks um and it's kind of the story of this one woman who in the 80s and i can send that to you in the chat also um, this woman in the 80s who is visiting her friend who has cancer in the hospital and she sees this room the door is open but it has the red tape on it and Mm -hmm. there's a guy in there just calling for his mom and she goes in and none of the nurses like they leave trays of food outside the door for him like a dog and none of them want to go in nobody respects her for going in it's not only that your parents and your family would disassociate from you like the moment that you became gay or that you announced that you were gay but like they didn't want to bury their sons they didn't want anything to do with them after they died and so not to mention that so of doing stuff like that so many people because and and you know not this is not an excuse for the medical community or anybody but there was so much confusion about because so many people died so fast from aids Mm -hmm. there was so much confusion and and uncertainty about how it was spread and who could be infected and and there's there you know there was no vaccine there was no treatment really um for the first decade i mean azt didn't come on the scene for a very long time and it didn't it wasn't a miracle drug it It took a long time yeah it didn't do very much and it took a long time it was the only thing people had to prescribe yeah um but so yeah so you guys need to understand like aids was actually a death sentence it's not anymore but it was for a long time and so medical staff would get have ERs full of people. I mean, people were dropping dead just in the street, yeah. like New York City and like in the village in the Castro in San Francisco, like mm-hmm. just walking down the street, like stepping over corpses wasn't actually that unheard of. Like it people yeah. were there were so many people were sick and dying. So ERs would be full and they would turn people away because they couldn't treat them. And if they could, yeah. you know, if they had space in the hospital, they would be treated like they were radioactive, basically. Nobody mm-hmm. would be in the same – doctors space would suits. try not to be in the same room with them. They would use spacesuits, basically, like huge hazmat suits to just come in and check vitals to provide them the most basic care. And then after they died, funeral homes did not know if yeah. if bringing a, an AIDS-positive body into their facility would 
somehow spread the disease. So there were funeral homes yeah. who wouldn't accept these bodies. The yeah. morgue wouldn't keep them for longer than 24 hours. Um, and then, yeah. And then if families didn't claim them, which is what frequently happened because a hospital would call and say, your son died. Uh, technically he died of pneumonia, but he was right. only here for 24 hours and you know, he was gay. Like, they knew how their son died. Like if, and if the, if they'd been ostracized or, you know, expelled from their family, like they weren't going to claim him and bury them. So, so a 14 year old kid in the fucking Midwest in 1986, not being out and proud. Not that surprising. Not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Not surprised at all. So I, you know, I, I'm happy for those of you who can write the mic fix where it's modern day and he's out and he's happy and he's thriving as the sweet gay bean that we all know he is. Right. But <laughs> please um, like be gentle, <laughs> be gentle on Please this. don't. Yeah. And don't. And, and again, let's remember what queer baiting actually is. Yes. Dean Cass or whatever. What is, what is it called? Destiel? Destiel is I'm, is queer baiting, right? Um, Destiel is I'm, queer baiting. When I try to talk about supernatural, I feel like a grandma. Like, oh yes, the nice boys. There's one who's not really a boy. He's kind of an angel thing. He loves the other boy whose voice it's far too deep for. I don't know how short he is. Um, <laughs> But okay, so so we have we have Will, who, frankly, the fact that people ship him with Mike gets me so angry because Mike <laughs> is not a good friend. First of all, Mike would no. not be a good Mike is not a good boyfriend to L. He would not be a good boyfriend <laughs> to Will. Okay, so Will actually deserves so much better than Mike Wheeler. Um, yes, first of all. <laughs> Let's clear that up right now. The only Will, functioning member of that family is Nancy, and it's obvious. Karen like, was I trying mean, to bang a 17-year-old. She like. really was. I'm so glad. they. I'm doing a rewatch, and I just got into season three, and I am so glad that Billy got eaten by a giant human yeah. flesh monster, and that didn't... that. Didn't break up <laughs> a marriage. Story, that storyline did not progress. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I do, I do love Ted Wheeler because he is <laughs> the suburban neighborhood dad that we all grew up with. Like everybody had yeah. a friend who had a Ted Wheeler for a dad. Um, and, and I love how fucking done he is with everything. I love, I love the Wheeler house. I think it is such a good it's such a good depiction of a suburban home. Cause like it's kind of yes. messy. Um, and they don't talk to each other. They just yell. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like it's angry yelling. It's just, it's that's how just, they communicate. that's how they communicate and they don't get closer to each other. They just get louder. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I don't think that Mike is a good match for Will. He's not a good boyfriend no. and he's not a good friend. No. He's actually not even a good friend. Like as soon as L is introduced, granted, yes, this is what happens with teenagers, but like 
Right. As soon as Elle is a possibility for him to have as a girlfriend, he sucks as a friend. (laughs) Yeah. He sucks as a friend. And he sucks even more as a friend in season four. I know. I feel so bad for Will because it's like season two when he really wants to play D&D and that's his one thing is I just want to play D&D after everything that I've been through and then yeah. season four everybody else is playing fucking D&D without him <laughs> they joined oh a we're too old for this because we have girlfriends club. they joined a club <laughs> in high school they had their photos taken in the fucking yearbook in their yes. t-shirts <laughs> I would burn Hawkins to the ground if I were Will Byers. I'd be like, you motherfuckers. Like, all I wanted, all I wanted was to sit in Mike's basement and play D&D. And you made me feel like a douche. Yeah. And you assholes then go make new friends. And play like, D&D. And play D and then fucking tell all of high school that you play D. That's the thing. Yes. <laughs> like it's one thing if like Eddie had like some little game on the side that they like snuck right. into and they were like, okay, cool. Like we can play in somebody else's space, but now nobody has to yeah. know. Yeah. This was an authorized public knowledge, <laughs> public knowledge official on the books Hawkins University or Hawkins High School Hawkins University Hawkins High School <laughs> accredited club like if yes. you put it on your your fucking college application as like an extracurricular activity somebody could call Hawkins High and be like yes Look at these kids playing D&D like, eventually yeah. these yearbooks will probably go to the public library in Hawkins and it will be public record for anybody and to look it up will and be know public fucking record (laughs) i mean honestly frankly the way they have treated will throughout the entire series if he decides to join up with vecna in season five and like destroy hawkins from the inside out i don't blame him at all i don't blame him everybody else wants to fuck Vecna, you know if will (laughs) if will can anatomically figure that out i don't blame him listen you know i mean will (laughs) Will Byers is like the Charlie Brown of his own universe. They just treat him like shit through the entire fucking run of the series. All the bad shit happens to him. And then like nobody even acknowledges that he's had the worst life ever. (laughs) And on top of that, they give him the worst hair. They give him the saddest storyline in season four. And they give him the worst hair. (laughs) Like... I don't know what happened because in season one and two, he had the bowl cut and it was cute. It was like, it was because he was a child. Yeah. (laughs) He was a literal child, but it was like kind of silky and like hung in his face a little bit. And then in season three, I was like, "Mm, well, honey, there's something going on with your hair. Let's make a different choice. And then in season four, they were like, you know what? Will needs a mushroom hair. He looks like Toad from Nintendo. No, the the Goombas. <laughs> it's just sitting on top of it his is. head. This like sad giant yamaka of like puffy hair that's just like too it's too much. It's it is a bad wig. It's bad. It's fucking awful. Will Byers deserves better from day one. 
and he needs better hair and a nicer boyfriend. Yes. But can we talk about his uh, his scene with Jonathan at the pizza place, though? Uh, yes. So what was it? The He had like a Tonka truck. They're telling the story. Jonathan's telling the story about how did he get a Tonka truck stuck up his nose or a Lego, a Lego up his nose, a Lego, a Lego guy mm-hmm. stuck up his yeah. nose. And when Jonathan says that, you know, he is so sad that Will doesn't feel safe to talk to him anymore. Yeah. And that he's fucked yeah. up and he's always stoned, <laughs> which, you know, smoke him if you got him in California. And listen, Jonathan's also been through a lot. If he wants to cope by getting very high all the time, (laughs) go for it. Yeah. Um, No, when he that that whole conversation broke my heart because obviously Jonathan, I think Jonathan has probably always known. Yeah, that that. Well, I mean, I feel like Joyce probably does, too. Canonically, in the first season, when Will's dad comes back, when their dad comes mm-hmm. back, I think they say something about how he called his son, like, a bunch of gay slurs. Well, because there's actually one of my favorite Joyce moments in season one is when she's talking to Hopper. I think it's this we're talking about the same thing, where she said, you know, he's a sensitive kid. Like, Lonnie used to make fun mm-hmm. of him. He used to call him a fag. And yeah. Hopper says, is he? And she mm-hmm. snaps and she says, he's missing is what he is. Yeah. And like, you know, that's kind of, I feel like that's probably Joyce acknowledging like, yeah, he is a sensitive kid and yeah, he might be gay, but like, yeah, you know, first of all, disgusting of their father yeah. to call him that. I mean, disgusting of anybody to call him that, but like, yeah, their dad, being, especially. Yeah. But that doesn't fucking matter right now because he's missing. And, yeah. And, you know. Obviously, I don't think I think the one thing that nobody will ever question is how much Joyce loves her boys. Um, yes. But and what she'll do to, you know, protect them. But yeah, I mean, you know, Will being the the sensitive artist, you know, who doesn't yeah. fit in and and all of that. But like, I think that Jonathan probably has some suspicion yeah. like as Will's getting older. And then also like he does overhear the whole conversation in the van with yeah. Will and Mike, and Mike, where Will basically tells Mike that he loves him, but he mm-hmm. makes it so it's about L. So he saves Mike's relationship, right? <laughs> and shatters his own baby gay heart. He in the does meantime. more work. He does more work for Mike's relationship than Mike does in his relationship. Than either of them do. Than either Mike <laughs> or L do. Will is carrying that relationship on his back. And if he just let it go, he'd probably be a lot happier. But yeah. Um oh my God. But yeah, like the so so Jonathan has heard that whole thing. And when he says, you know, that he's that he feels sad that Will feels like he can't talk to him or they can't, you know, he's not a safe person to go to. And, and they do that whole scene without ever explicitly saying what they're talking about. Yeah. And again, that's very time period appropriate. Yes. I feel. Um, but even, you know, now the way that we understand the world, it's still like, not necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily call it being in denial, but mm-hmm. if no. you don't speak something out loud, you know, then it doesn't, it doesn't count. Right. You know, I know yeah. plenty of people who probably have had COVID who 
were like, I'm not going to take the test because that would just confirm it. And if I go right. on with my day, then I can pretend that I don't have it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, you know, that, it's the idea of if you keep it to yourself, then nothing has to change either. Yes. And I think yeah. something that Will has tried very hard, especially with his relationship with the rest of the party, is that he doesn't want anything to change. Yeah. You know, he doesn't want them to grow up. He doesn't want everybody to to get new interests and girlfriends yeah. and, and, you know, go to camp and everything else. Like he just wants, because he had so much of his childhood stolen from him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so much of like his innocence stolen. Like he just, wa- I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. Like he just wants yeah. his friends to do the thing that they loved. Yeah. No, I was I said, Oh wait, I found a good day for Will. Nope. I, I lied. I didn't. Um, <laughs> I almost said the last scenes of season one where he's playing D and D and he he and hits the thing with the fireball. The... Yeah, but he went home and he coughed up a fucking demigorgon. So never mind. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> never mind. It's almost a good day. It wasn't. Um, but no, the the part in that in that scene in particular that just like broke my heart though was when Jonathan's saying like, you know, I'm you can tell me anything and I won't ever stop loving you and I won't you won't ever not be my brother and I'm always here for you and Will is like yeah I know and I'm always here for you too and like it's just kind of a throwaway line but it's so like he's trying so hard to make it seem like they're not having like they're not it's like they're it's like if he said it felt like if he said that then they weren't talking about the thing that he knew they were talking about right you know what I mean like He's like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm always here for you, too. Like, if you have anything, I mean, I don't have anything yeah. that I need to confess to you. But if you have something, you, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all just a crazy, never go crazy time. Yeah, there's, yeah. you know, like, I, it was just it felt so like a, such a genuine thing to say um, yeah. if you were trying not to have the most serious conversation of your life. Like, it was it was almost a deflection. But like, and, you know, and then Jonathan just kind of being like, yeah, I know but. <laughs> Yeah. I know, but we're not like, we're not talking about me. Okay. We're talking yeah. about you. <laughs> like, I don't have the problems um, that you are trying to say that yeah. I have. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have plenty of problems, but we're, we're, we're talking about you right now. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, just that, that, you know, I love that. And I love Jonathan's character. I love that he's always been there yeah. for Will and that he's always kind of the first one to notice when something's really wrong. Right. Um, which is nice because nobody fucking else does. Yeah. God, I am so worried for season five with how everybody's a religious zealot now. And that yeah. makes things mm-hmm. 45 times harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the introduction of this satanic panic into Hawkins is mm-hmm. right on schedule um, yeah. and equally infuriating as it is in real life when you learn about it. Um, but let's talk about a, a slightly happier, slightly, a slightly happier gay, slightly happier homosexual, (laughs) um, Robin Buckley. Can we talk about our favorite, our favorite chaotic lesbian, Robin Buckley, who was a breath of fresh air? Yes. So much. I, I would her. say that she is the best thing that came out of season three. Like she and Erica, yes. Erica getting a larger part, um, mm-hmm. were the best parts yes. possible of season three. Oh, so good. I love Erica so much. 
I love Erica so much. And I love Robin and Steve. Yes. <laughs> Sharing one brain cell. Yes. Chaotic. Speaking of chaotic. <laughs> Speaking of chaotic. That I love that. I mean, when, when they introduced Robin and they really set her up to be Steve's unexpected love interest. Right. And, and she had that amazing monologue about how much she was obsessed with him in high school and how right. stupid he was. And, you know, she couldn't stop thinking about him and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and then it turns into because her crush had a crush yeah. on him and, you know, yeah. and, and how it's like three seconds of confusion. Tammy Thompson's a girl. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And he's like, oh. yes, yes, she is. But she's well, not even a good singer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he's immediately he goes from you're gay to <laughs> criticizing her taste. To you can do better than Tammy Thompson. Yeah. Like, he is immediately, <laughs> there's no, like, there's no, I mean, they could have easily done the, well, you know, I could. I could change you. I'm a cure for lesbianism. Right. Things, you know, every right. gay woman has heard, every queer woman has heard in her life. Yeah. Um, and you to know, this point, Steve's been kind of like set up a little bit as like the alpha male type. Yeah. Not obviously yeah, absolutely. to the extent that Billy is because Billy <laughs> does his yeah. stupid shit in season two. It's gross, um, disgusting, racist shit. Um, yeah. But he, yeah. So, so, Robin giving Steve romance advice, first of all, yes. in season four. And then the, oh my God, but the, the, <laughs> do you know who pauses? Fast times are rich behind 55 minutes and 42 seconds. People who like Vicky. boobies. Ew, gross. Vicky Don't likes say boobies. boobies. <laughs> what? What's wrong with boobies? You like boobies. I like boobies. Vicky likes boobies. <laughs> And they just keep getting Not these jobs together. Not one brain cell is being put it's, to work. <laughs> it, was, it works so hard. Like, we know collectively between the two of them, they only have one brain cell. But it is the hardest working brain cell in Hawkins. Um, yes. Because it's trying to keep them both alive. <laughs> and they just keep getting jobs together where they wear the worst uniforms. Yes. Somebody was like, if Hawkins is literal hell in season five, I wonder what bullshit uniform <laughs> Steve and Robin are going to have to wear. God. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I mean, there's and there's the there's the 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 better version, I guess, of what's happening with Will with, is with with Robin, where, you know, she she knows who she wants and she's talking herself out of making a move because as she says, mm-hmm. if, you know, Steve's like, I listen to you and my love life's great. And she's like, yeah, great. Fine. She's like, you ask out the wrong girl. Nothing happens. I ask out the wrong girl. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm the town pariah. Yeah. And like, it didn't occur to me until later. Hmm. Um, it didn't Stop occur to me crime to... and getting hurt people. <laughs> You're going to say that to me. I was like, they're actually not here for me this time. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Crimes uh, happening outside. But um, 
I didn't realize like how much of an ally Steve was in that he is still the only person who knows that Robin is gay. Yeah. Yeah. Because realizing Dustin, that at the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Dustin brings it up later and says something about along the lines of like, cause Steve's talking about, he's denying the fact that he's still in love with Nancy and right. Dustin was like, well, I mean, if you're, if you're dead set and have like some weird reason that you're not going after Robin or you're not going to ask out Robin and yeah. Steve's like, yep, I have a really good reason for not asking out Robin. Yeah. <laughs> like, Trust me. We are better as friends. We are better as friends. And like her saying to Nancy, like, you know, Steve and I are just like friends with a capital yeah. P platonic, like not. Yeah. We're, I'm not interested in him. And, and I know. Yeah. It seems like we're a thing because we're together all the time, but we're really just best yeah. friends. Like, yeah. And Attached it's, it's, um, they're a symbiotic relationship of keeping yes. each other alive. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the whole thing with her and Vicky was so cute. And the fact that their yeah. interaction at the they end, the same, yeah, social tick. Yes. And, and the fact that they're act, they're, they're flirting or whatever, you know, they're finally talking to each other thing ended that scene ended with Steve smiling like a proud dad. <laughs> well, he's folding Steve is clothes. Everybody's dad. <laughs> he's, everybody, he's not even everybody's dad at this point. He's everybody's mom. Like, he's yeah. just he's, hands on the hips. Well, he's, he's got his hands on his hips with like some piece of clothing over his shoulder. Like, it just, you know, yeah. he looks so happy for her. And I just, I love, I love that they gave us that positive side too of, yes. you know, it doesn't have to be crying in your pillow every night lovelorn yes sad baby will the pining will buyers <laughs> the pining of will buyers season five <laughs> chapter one <laughs> i would not be surprised <laughs> I, mean, I and the sad thing with will is i don't think we're gonna get i i don't think you we're can't gonna get really a have resolution a well written boyfriend in just the one season I don't think we're going to get a good resolution for what's going on with Will. I, sad. I know. <sighs> sad but true. Um, it's definitely yeah. not going to be Mike Shippers. So, um, okay. No. And, and you know what? Shame on you if you want it to be because <laughs> Will deserves better. <laughs> I'm not here to shame anybody, but shame on you if you think that after everything he's been through, Will Byers deserves Mike fucking Wheeler as his boyfriend. Come on. Um... Oh, but before we get into our fix, because <laughs> two of them involve the same person and we haven't talked about him at all, which is really impressive on my part. Um, yeah. Speaking of chaos uh, and sexuality, the chaotic bisexual energy that Eddie Munson brought <laughs> to the... To this the, is the real music! <laughs> I thought this of you music. when you <laughs> <laughs> you're my heavy metal lover. Um, and I thought of you when I saw that scene. I was like, oh, I do love him so much. But the because okay, so there's a lot of things to love about Eddie Munson, and I'm not going to get off yes. on a tangent because I am going to talk about him in a different episode. But um, one of the things that I love is that he is very much unapologetically himself and yes 
and <laughs> when he's not and he he really does relish the everybody thinks I'm a freak so I can kind of do whatever the fuck I want anyway yeah. Yeah. energy um and and the actor who plays him Joseph Quinn had said because everyone's like oh was there you know it seems like a couple scenes scenes that he's like flirting with Steve yes and Joseph Quinn was like yeah he was <laughs> Because he can. He's like, Big boy. That's, he was like, that's how I played it because I thought Eddie wouldn't really be like. Give a shit. He wouldn't give a shit because it's. Yeah. And he also mentions like he's known Steve like their whole lives, like through school. Right. And he's always thought of him as like the prom king douchebag. Yeah. Because I think, I think Steve and Eddie are supposed to be in the same age. Roughly. Like, yeah. Roughly, they should have been the same grade because Eddie was supposed to graduate two years ago. Yeah, Eddie might be a little bit older than Steve, possibly. Like maybe one year, if if that. But you know, Steve being the the king of the school and being Mister Cool, Mister Popular, I do love when Robin calls him the hair. (laughs) Steve the Hair Harrington, Um, undeniable because it's it's so good. But, you know, when uh, when, you know, he says he says this whole thing about like, I couldn't really because Dustin obviously also talks about Steve all the time, too. And it's cute that they're jealous of each other. They are. When Dustin calls Steve at work, he's like, hey, I'm his dad. Come come play D&D with us. And he's like, oh, your super cool new friend, Eddie. (laughs) He's he's way cooler (laughs) than me because he plays your stupid fantasy game. And uh, Dustin says something along the lines like, you're just jealous because I have another old, older male friend. <laughs> Steve was like, that's gross. No, I'm not. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> you're so jealous. So Steve is so jealous of Eddie. And then Eddie admits later on, he was like, I really can't. He's like, Dustin talks about you all the time. He's like, and I couldn't yeah. really rectify that. Like Steve Harrington was actually a decent good dude yeah on top of everything else and you know um i just yeah somebody on tumblr was like guys we're missing we're missing the point of steve and eddie they're not rivals they're co-parenting dustin (laughs) yes (laughs) yes they are (laughs) they really are and and i love that steve because i like i never saw steve as dustin's dad steve is the mom he is the mom friend yeah he has snacks he keeps them yeah. safe. He is the babysitter. Like he's he's the mom. So then it's it was like that meme like, going around of like what an alpha really is. Is that like yes. alpha takes care of people? The alpha is the mom friend. I'm like yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Where's your fanny pack full of snacks, Steve? <laughs> Steve would have one. He would. He oh would my have God. that. I'm surprised he doesn't already have a fanny pack full of snacks. And <laughs> you know what? I got a fic working, working right now. Steve <laughs> is going to have a fanny pack full of snacks. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't wear it, but he keeps it in his car. <laughs> I need to see him. I need to see him wearing it. Because that. <laughs> All right. For you. For you, Mia. He will wear, he will wear his fanny pack full of cheese crackers. Just once. Um, just once. And then Robin will never let him hear the end of it. And he'll make her wear it. Um, but uh, so anyway, so Eddie kind of does whatever he wants. And, and he does flirt with Steve. I don't care what anybody says. He's. And I think also a lot of it is that he does things to get a reaction. So whether or not yes. he's actually into Steve, which like, of course he would be. Why wouldn't he? 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> but look at him. It's, it's Why 1986 not? and he looks like that. I mean, come on. They both have um, so much hair. They have so much hair and are both very pretty and yes. have gone through some end of the world shit. They, yeah, of course, a crush yeah. would develop. Um, but also, Steve does a great job of being bewildered when Eddie <laughs> flirts with him. Yeah. Steve does not know what to do. And I don't know if it's gay panic, <laughs> if it's Steve questioning his sexuality, yeah. but his face goes just like not even blank, but just like error. Yeah. <laughs> like 404. 404. Error. <laughs> <laughs> File not found anytime yeah. Eddie flirts with him. Yeah. Like when he says, you know, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just starting this, this. RV that they steal or whatever. He was like, Harrington's daughter, don't you big boy. And Steve's yeah. just like, nothing. He says nothing. Hello? He's, like, uh. <laughs> he's not used and to when, being flirted with. I think he's not being used to being hit on. I think he's used right, to doing yes. hitting on. Yes. Steve is not used to being wooed. Um, and, yes. and I think he was having a hard time. I'm sad, right? I think he was yeah. having a hard time accepting Rude. and knowing what to do when Eddie was attempting to woo him. <laughs> it's one of the many heartbreaks that we won't see, you know, Dustin be happy with his mom and dad. <laughs> Cause that's really what it was. Like as soon as Eddie came yeah. on the scene, I was like, Oh, there's Dustin's dad. <laughs> there's Perfect. where he's been. Like we've had, we've had Steven as, as his mom since season two. She's <laughs> yeah. being the single mom. since season two. <laughs> And now his dad is back. Great. His rock and roll dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so anyway, uh, that side of Eddie, and I do love, because obviously the other side of Eddie's character is Chrissy, which has taken over my entire life and will be I addressed know. at another episode. <laughs> but Joseph Quinn, when asked about both of them, he was like, yes, he was flirting with both of them. Like, yes, he had a crush on Chrissy. Yes, he was flirting with Steve. He's like, a teenager get, in tight pants. He's, he's a, horny at all times. <laughs> He's, and he's in a rock band for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> like, wasn't that supposed to be the way that you got, you know, groupies of all genders and persuasions? Say, I'm sorry, but if 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 you weren't supposed to want to fuck everything that moved and have a chance yeah. at it, you wouldn't be a rock star. And Eddie Munson wanted to be a rock star. So what was do that with line? that? Isn't there a line in Peacemaker where he's like, it was the 80s when men weren't afraid to be men dressed like women. <laughs> Think whatever you want, but Eddie Munson got up and he made his hair look like that every single morning. Yes. <laughs> okay, so you do with that what you will. Yeah. Oh, man. So we did find some fix this week. Um, we did. Now, again, it was it was uh, it was this, like <laughs> this is we like a to, Wednesday, Thursday, a decision. Wednesday, Thursday decision to do this. And uh, the fix that we're found, I was like, I'm concerned about these like looking for fix because I ca I cannot in good in good faith. I cannot sh <laughs> ship Mike and Will. <laughs> I can't do it. And it's not because I don't want to read about, you know, teenagers and people being weird about shit like that. But like, no, that's not it. It's I've made somebody please write Will a good boyfriend. Somebody Just, give Will a very nice boyfriend who treats him well, please. Yeah. And it's honestly nobody in the party deserves Will. 
Like I love Dustin and Susie too much. Dustin maybe, maybe Maybe. is the best option. But like, I think Dustin is the purest of heart, but yeah. Susie's (laughs) chaos. I was so glad we got to go into her home. Oh my God. With her 18 siblings. (laughs) And just, and they have the weirdest names, Cornelius, yeah. Eden. <laughs> I did. I love that uh, Argyle fell in love with Eden. Immediately. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> and when she's bitching at Susie, he's like, oh, you, you tell her, Eden. <laughs> she's like, get down here and help me with these stupid kids. Like, yeah, you tell her, Eden. <laughs> I loved Argyle. I thought I would hate him at I first. So he annoyed me for the first couple episodes, but then once they got once they got in the car, I was like, "He is right. a ride or die, that guy." <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> I saw, yeah, I saw screen cap or whatever. It was like the they were when they were burying that agent. <laughs> yeah. In the desert, and Argyle's like standing between them, like <laughs> yes. with his head in his hands, and the the screen cap was like, "There's always She's that not one even bitch." My girlfriend. The, there was no. He said like. There's always that one bitch in the party that's not down with murder. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. But yeah, so Susie's an agent of chaos and she and Dustin are are great for each other. So I don't know who like canonically, I cannot pick somebody for Will. I don't know who I would ship him with because everybody lets him down. All his options. Somebody let him please down. write him a good boyfriend. Just please. please. Yeah. That's all we want. Um, but so we went with a happier, happier, less less dramatic, less sad baby gay vibe. Yes. Um, so we found three fix and collectively we read all of them. <laughs> but um, why don't you tell me about the first one, the one that you sent me? Um, all right about the so this one yes it's fun summer fun in the sun um how your heart beats when you run for cover by fragile things and that is an eddie steve steve eddie yes where au where eddie lives of course everybody lives um (laughs) it starts there's not a gigantic (laughs) hellscape ley line cut in between No, I love the first line of this fic because it says it'd take more than the apocalypse to kill Eddie Munson. He was like a cockroach, a survivor. And that like that. that inner monologue works yes. so well for me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So amidst the chaos, everybody at the teens, um, the teen team, dream team, um, yes. decides to have a pool party. And it's mm-hmm. just Steve and Eddie and Robin and Nancy enjoying the mm-hmm. poolside and... Eddie's ogling Steve and his red swim trunks and his, his hairy tiny chest. Red, his tiny red shorts and his very hairy chest. <laughs> I and love I that think so much. It works so well in a universe where everybody knows everybody else is gay and mm-hmm. they all are just very into it. Like this whole quartet is just a homosexuality to the brim. Um, yes. And it's just very cute and very fun and very like the dialogue is so on point for everybody in it and so mm-hmm. it's very sweet there's it's kind of fade to blackish where there's yeah it's yeah it's tea right tea rated 
Yeah, it's a it's a it's a harsh tea. Not harsh tea. It's a it's a firm tea. <laughs> a firm. <laughs> oh, I read so much smut. I can't hear words like that anymore. And just I'm sorry. It's firm tea. <laughs> Take that however you want. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it does treetop a little bit at the end there. Um, yeah. And yeah, no, it's it's really cute, and it's also it does the thing that I love um, in. Uh, AUs or fixits or whatever that acknowledge canon where you know Eddie died <laughs> basically <laughs> was like killed by demonic bats and he's still afraid yeah. he's more afraid to tell Steve how he feels than yes that like that like he lived through that and he's still like freaking out about having a crush on yeah. Steve yeah um which is <sighs> adorable and i love that trope i love like people living yes. through the end of the world and still being like oh god but what if this boy i like doesn't like me yeah back? that would be worse <laughs> that would be worse than the actual apocalypse i just lived through um, send me back <laughs> give me the demobats i will take those yeah um all right so that yeah that was how your heart beats when you run for cover by fragile things um the next <laughs> only the start I... of all the uh, fallout boy titles that we have this week <laughs> Okay, yeah. So Mia and I, by the way, speaking of, <laughs> have spent a lot more time in other fandoms. So coming into Stranger Things, where you all title your shit like Fallout Boy songs, is <laughs> really shocking. <laughs> it's like these are these are such long titles. They're fine. They're great. We love it. But like it was, these are very long. In titles. fairness, I think our, you know, I'm I'm pushing thirty, and yeah. I'm almost I have a feeling, 34 and a half. <laughs> yeah. Late 20s, mid 30s, I think we are a little bit older than the demographic that yes. we're reading I think this week. Smoke, but. Maybe. Um, and also, like, I also think that bef back back in my day, uh, these <laughs> probably would have been song fix. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With Lyrics titles like this. at the top, so, middle, and yes. bottom. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Um, oh man, God, song fix were so good, not good we at don't all do that at the anymore. same time. <laughs> I know. Um, all right, so the next one is called "I Need You Closer" and you're not even an inch away. You guys see what I'm talking about? Um, by S. Esperastra. I think so. Is that how we would say that? Okay. Yes. Um, apologies. The standard apology applies. If I fuck up your name, I am so sorry. Um, it's not intentional. I can't read. So this is a Robin and Vicky fic, um, which it also and also has the best trope of Steve being a true, a true ally, um, true lesbian ally, and it's a true lesbian ally, and he is just there for his best friend. Um, but he he picks Steve picks Robin up from band practice every like Thursday night or whatever and this time it's raining and she offers Vicky to come like she tells Vicky like hey Steve will drive you home too um, and it's just super cute and Steve is so charming and so fun and he's like the he's like the mom or dad like the geeky mom or dad because like they both climb in the back seat and he like yeah. pretends to be the cab driver <laughs> yeah, and the chauffeur Yes, and he's just like so cute about it. And uh, Vicky then falls asleep on Robin's shoulder, and Steve drives around for twenty more minutes just so they can cuddle in the back seat. 
<laughs> he takes like the longest road through through Hawkins possible. Like <laughs> he takes every possible side street just to give them more time to cuddle. Like he's it's so cute. It's so cute. Um, but yeah, Robin and Vicky have not yet like declared their feelings for each other. So it's just yeah. like, oops, happy accident. My head falls on your shoulder when I fall asleep. Um, yeah. And it's adorable. So I am a big, well done. big time slut for sleepy cuddling. So it's you'll love this one. Yeah. And then the last one. <laughs> um, it's it's an AU. Um, so I'm immediately happy because anything that is not the sadness that we were gifted in the original universe is <laughs> a okay with me. Um, this is called Video Kill the Radio Star by Disco Superfly. I think that Ooh, was this I did week's uh, name of the week. Yes, I was going to say, I didn't look to see the rest of their work, but for the title, for the title of this fanfic, <laughs> um, it is a perfect pen name and it does win pen name of the week. Um, yes. Yeah, so Video Kill the Radio Star is a Steve and Eddie AU um, where Steve is working the night shift at a gas station and. Also, Robin also works there, so they have matching shitty uniforms. They have again. to, yeah. <laughs> they have to. It's their thing. Um, and Eddie is a nighttime DJ um, that Steve listens to, and he has like a call-in section, and he has like you know his his re you know um, repeat callers that yes. call in and he like gives them like love advice and life advice and all kinds of stuff while he plays his his metal music um and steve steve like falls in love with him on his on the radio it's so cute steve has a parasocial relationship with him on the radio <laughs> He does. He does have a parasocial <laughs> relationship. But almost, well, almost. Because Steve does call in. Because I know you only read like half of it. So Steve right. does start calling in to talk about his bad dates. And and Eddie flirts with him over the phone. And they kind of have this like flirty back and forth. And also it's like a you've got male situation. But only positives. Because Eddie also comes into Steve's gas station after his show every night. And they have like brief little like flirty interactions without realizing who the other one is. Um, it's so fucking cute. I I got to the end of it and I was just like, like a little squeaky toy. It was so cute. <laughs> so and I loved it. Perfect, Sorry, we like, find I feel any... like that AU works perfectly. Mm -hmm. That Eddie, that would be right up his alley. Yes, yes, it would. Somebody said if. Eddie were alive today, he would have a D and D podcast, and yes, I was like, he absolutely would. He would definitely do that. Um, so yeah, any. I thought everybody was super in character for being in AU, especially um, yeah. like Dustin has a, a little minor part, and um, Max, a couple of the other people, Max, yeah. yes, Max and Lucas have a little sideline, and Robin's there with Vicky. Mm -hmm. It's just all kinds of good stuff. We love it. We love to see it. And a happy ending where Steve doesn't have to work at the gas station anymore. Because <laughs> he gets he gets his degree. He gets to be an EMT, which is what he wants to do. So yeah. <clears throat> he doesn't have to work at the gas station anymore. And Eddie still gets to be on the radio. So 
Um, so everybody ends up happy. And there's a little bit of smut at the end. Um, but not much. So it's, it's, a, it's a firm a M. Yeah. <laughs> it's a firm M, not a firm T, not a firm E, an M. Um, so yeah, so keep that in mind. But yeah, it's just, it was, I thought our fix this week were um, delightful. Just yeah. what they Everything deserved. Everything was sweet. Yeah. Everything was sweet and nice. Everything was what they deserved, not what they got. Um, thanks, Suffer Brothers. But <sighs> yeah, there we are. Yeah. Send us some good <laughs> Luke and, uh, Lucas and Max and send us some good Will having a nice boyfriend, please. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> please. That's what we want. Like, yeah, yeah, I will read some Lumax. Absolutely. I would love to see Max is okay. Um, yes. I would love to be able to get Lucas's horrified Erica help out of my head because it's been <laughs> haunting me. <sighs> the tears running down his sad face. Oh, man. I mean, Caleb, my man. Yes. A plus the acting. The acting this season. But... I was, yeah, very impressed. Oh yeah, they really, they really brought their, they really brought their game. Um, a baby. It's Radcliffe has joined the chat. Um, we'll see a how long baby. he'll let me hold him without eating my <laughs> headphones. <laughs> I'm guessing not too long, but uh, yeah, no, everybody brought their a game. But yeah, send me some some happy, some happy Lumax and a new, loving, wonderful, supportive boyfriend for Will. That's what. I want. Don't send me fix where Mike is a loving support. No, I don't want it. I don't believe it. <laughs> a I new will. cocaine of Castle Byers. <laughs> Please. Please and thank you. That is that is really what what we want to see. So yeah, also the sadness that exists that uh Will never got to play D D with Eddie. Because not only did all of his friends, you know, go off and publicly join a DD club after shaming him about it. Yeah. Enough to make anybody a supervillain. But I need I need a fic of the dueling D and Ds where like Will goes to Eddie's session and is like not impressed. Uh-huh. <laughs> the drama. I almost wish I played yeah. D D so that I could write that because I know nothing and I I I would do it such a disservice. But yeah, I feel like like Will would be Will would be an appropriate challenger for Eddie. Yes. <laughs> I feel like Eddie would be like, "Oh, all right, this kid fucking came to play." <laughs> <laughs> this kid slaps. This kid slaps. This kid is keeping me on my gremlin esque toes. Um, yes. So yeah. So so we we missed another amazing opportunity there. Thanks, Suffer Brothers. Yes. <sighs> all right. Well, um, I think, okay, so I'm going to put a link to that All the Young Men book in the show notes as well. Thank you. And um, yeah, but you guys have some really sweet fics to read this week. If you haven't watched any of the media that we spent the last hour and a half (laughs) shitting on, (laughs) enjoy that. Um, And uh, give it a try. Um, Yeah, but otherwise, you know. Um, Mia, it's always a pleasure. I love having you here. I'll have to figure out your I'm next. Always happy to be here. Your next episode soon. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't like to take too big of a break. Um, yeah, we'll we'll figure something out uh, for next time. But in the meantime, 
Thank you for coming. I love you. Thank you for having your me. Face. I love to be here and I love you. Everybody else, oh. enjoy your fix. Um, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And above all else, get your ship together. 